And it's the Jim Eskimen Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. I know I'm probably one of the more irregular podcasters, and I apologize. I apologize, but it's great to talk to you, and uh, thanks for listening. So, we are now well into February of 2018, and uh, a few things have come up that are of interest. Uh, first of all, i got to say that I'm very excited because my series, Impress Me, you might remember Impress Me, it started off as a web series called The Impression Guys. It graduated into a cable television show called Impress Me. It ran a full season on a little-known and little-watched uh, cable channel called Pop TV. Uh, and then it disappeared from the ken of man for a little while. And now I'm happy to report that uh, it's going to be streaming on Amazon Prime starting March 1st, 2018. Well, that's just around the corner. So you, if you did not see uh, all the episodes, if you didn't see any of the episodes, you can binge watch the entire season of a delightful series created by Ben Shelton uh, called Impress Me, which also stars my friend Ross Marquand, who is now a regular on The Walking Dead as the character Aaron, unless he got bit last week. I don't know. But I think he's still gainfully employed. Uh, and Dana DeLorenzo, Christina Bianco, and a bunch of other very, very talented impressionists are on the show and terrific actors. And it's a sweet show. I think you'd like it. Funny and a lot, a lot of impressions. Anyway, that's a good piece of news. Um, I was in New York last week, I think it was, for The View. I got flown out there to do Presidential Voices for President's Day, of course, and they actually treated me very nicely, and I had a good time. I met uh, two other very talented impressionists that were on the show with me, Dave Burley and Rosemary Watson. I was unaware of both of them, and uh, and now I'm very aware of them. They're very good. If, if we were shooting season two of Impress Me, I'd invite them to be on. Uh, so that was fun. We got to go to New York, and uh, anyway, things have been kind of picking up. You know, sometimes maybe you've noticed in your life, too. The uh, beginning of the year starts to get, people get interested. They start to get motivated and they think, oh, let's start something. It's a great period of starting. And uh, I love to start things as well. Artists do in general, creative people. They love to uh, pluck something out of the air and just, just get busy with it and start. Often finishing is not the thing that we really have patience for. Someone else has to pick that up. But starting the beginning of the year, so there's a lot of stuff going on. I uh, uh, what else? I was on The Middle, uh, so I booked a little guest spot on The Middle, that show, uh, which was a lot of fun, too. That was cool. And uh, I don't know, a lot of little things have been floating in, a lot of opportunities. Um, and and I wanted to talk to you about that today a little bit, about this. If I had someone else here, I would talk to them about it, but I don't. I'm alone in the booth again, and I wanted to kind of express this to you. So, you know, it, this happens to me a lot, is that uh, a fallow period arrives. That is a period of little activity or little production, uh, which for me was the holidays, which was December. Pretty much all of December was a little bit of a wash. Everything kind of ended up and uh, then I got sick and then I got sick again and then I got sick again. It was just crazy. Everybody, did you get that flu? That freaking flu was just nasty. I don't normally get the flu and this was, uh, I don't get the flu shot because I don't normally get the flu. I didn't get the flu shot this year. I don't think I will next year either. I mean, I had the flu pretty bad for about three days, which is not horrible. I guess, I, you know, people die from it, so that's bad. Anyway, it's another whole other discussion. But anyway, for various reasons like that, it was a fallow period. And so, of course, January comes. As soon as I'm done with the flu, man, I'm starting to create and promote and get things out there because we just came off of a fallow period. And you can't live in a freelance world as I do and have fallow periods for very long. So after I rested up from my fallow period, I got super busy in the beginning of the year. Started. Uh, you might have noticed I have been doing 
a video a day at least since January 1st. And my daughter and I came up with this concept of a celebrity fortune cookie where I do a video uh, of me opening up a, a new fortune cookie, a pristine fortune cookie, and reading that fortune in whatever celebrity voice the little spinning wheel uh, at random chooses for me. And, and so that's good, you know, and that's a, lot of, that's a lot of production. And then I've just been finding other ways, too, to create video content. I'm trying to take as many pages out of Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk, big shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk, who I met this week, finally, face to face. We'd had a little email back and forth, and I admire the heck out of that guy. I think he's really a phenomenon. I've listened to, to uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a great podcast to listen to, uh, I'd say, you know, as soon as you're done with this one, uh, skip over to the Gary V Experience. That is a great podcast. He is delivering a lot of value and setting a great example for podcasters and for entrepreneurs. Anyway, finally got to meet him. And uh, so I've been trying to take a page out of out of his either of his good books, Crush It and Crushing It, which was just released, and uh, just get a lot of content out there that people can enjoy. Uh, for free and just for fun and to really try to brighten people's day in any way I can, but without, you know, obviously breaking the bank on this side. So we've come up with this way of of getting videos out there. I hope you're seeing them. I hope you enjoy them. Um, And so all this happened. The reason I'm saying this is that opportunities come in, like The View came in, all these uh, little reaches. I got invited to come to the Kimmel Show and do a silly thing. Um, various little thing I can't even remember now, but uh, two or three other things are of interest. Uh, I booked uh, six shows in Pennsylvania that I'm going to do and then another short film. And, you know, so I have planted a lot of seeds rapidly, shot them into the ground with a, with a machine gun and, and watered them and put extra fertilizer on them in January. And now in February, a lot of things are coming about. So this is this is the life, though, of the freelancer and of the the struggling artist and actor and creative person is that you have these fallow periods, you then promote like crazy, you reach out, and then you get deluged by by the response to your promotion. If you've done it properly, you get too many opportunities. And suddenly it's like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I accept? What, you know, what um, what is my life going to look like for the next few months, how am I going to deliver all this stuff? And indeed, I got an invitation today. I can't talk too much about it at all. But it's like, oh, well, this might occupy not just months of my life, but perhaps years. And it's a sweet, sweet opportunity. It just means I have to change my whole life. Oh, this may be them calling now. This is exciting. What what is this? Uh, This is just my agent. This is happening in real time. Hi, Bo. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Uh, I was calling actually because we just had a voiceover meeting and we were thinking, you know, back in the day, a long time ago, we used to do these regular check-in and catch-up meetings with people we hadn't sit da- sat down with in a long time. Uh-huh. And, you know, you're, you're a very important client to us. And, you know, with Pat being out and everything, we just wanted to sit down and check in and catch up and make sure everyone's still on the same page. Uh-huh. And um, I think we're also interested in, in, in pursuing other areas of voiceover uh, and stuff like that. So do you have time to come in on Tuesday uh, to sit down with us at like 1130 or something like that? Oh, I think that would be lovely. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it's all it. good stuff. It's just we never sit down and connect. Yeah. It's always in passing, you know. That's a smart idea. I think that's wonderful. Awesome, sir. So uh, I'll see you here. Okay. I'll be there.
All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Bo. Bye. So there you go. That's an example. The beginning of the year. <laughs> I'll have to ask her permission to use that. The beginning of the year, things are we're like, oh, let's get everybody on the same page. Yeah, because um, the industry is changing. It's changing a lot, particularly anything hooked up to advertising, as Gary V has pointed out, is living on borrowed time. It's just changing so rapidly. And the way people digest and absorb... Uh, First, I guess they absorb and then they digest. I don't know. The way that they take in advertising and the way what platforms people are watching, as you know, changed, changed a lot. So that changes the whole structure. And so they want to talk strategy and uh, stuff there at my agents. So that's that's good. I'm happy to I'm always happy to talk to my agents about getting some more work. But anyway, I'm just talking about this cycle, though, of like, uh, you know, I had a good year last year. Pretty good. Worked steadily. And then we really shut down. Then we started up again, big time, uh, going, you know, double, triple down on everything. And boom, now I've got so many opportunities. Plus, there's, uh, you know, auditions. It's apparently a pilot season going on out there. I've been out on a few shows, actually read for some uh, series regular roles, which is unusual. Had some really good auditions. So I'm very pleased with my on-camera agent and my manager. I think they're, they're doing great work. And I've been trying to do better auditions, too. I took an audition intensive to train myself better in auditioning at the Acting Center, which is a school that my wife founded. Uh, but she and Eric Matheny, uh, they have this great workshop. And I tell you what, it kicked my ass. It showed me that, uh, well, it convinced me. Nobody had to tell me. I could just look at myself in the mirror and say, you've not been really doing your job on these auditions. I've been omitting an enormous step. <laughs> which was shocking and a little bit daunting and made me cry a little. But uh, anyway, I'm not omitting that step anymore. And I think it's going to have a really good result. So I don't know, maybe you have this thing too, where you, if you have a day-to-day -day job and you're always just sort of, sort of holding on, then the, the cycle is probably the same, but it's just elongated over years and years, maybe even decades, not over weeks and days the way mine is. My life is not too much different from yours probably, except it's accelerated because I I get a job, I lose a job. I get a job, I lose a job. You know, I complete a job and that's it. And I'm on the streets, figuratively speaking, looking for work uh, literally every week unless I book a bunch of stuff. Uh, a normal person with a normal job maybe works at the same place five years, six years, 10 years, and then, you know, for one reason or another, they either want to move on or they get fired or the, the job disappears and boom, they're out throwing their CV and their resume around trying to get someone interested in them or putting stuff up on LinkedIn or whatever it happens to be. And so you're faced with exactly the same mechanics. And I imagine this also this factor of, well, I've, I've, I've told the world all about me. I've done things for free. I've auditioned. I've sung and danced my little dance. And uh, and now I have 10 offers and some of them are good and some of them are not so great and some of them I just don't know. And what do I do? And so it's a very interesting, interesting period. And so what I what I'm facing now is what I've faced many times and, and I usually can can uh, sort through pretty well. And I don't know, maybe this will be a help, of help to you to evaluate what it is that you're trying to do. First of all, in my case, as an artist, what I'm trying to do is inspire people, make people feel better, improve the world, improve entertainment. I don't know. I'm trying to do a better product. You know, um, I see a lot of 
performances that I really admire on television. That's what I'm trying to do because that brings value. Those stories that those actors on Better Call Saul, for example, that those stories that they tell, those portrayals that they do so well are inspiring to me. They are as inspirational as a really great uh, Shakespeare play because they show, you know, they hold the mirror up to nature, as it were, as Hamlet says. And, and that's, that's great. I mean, that, that in and of itself is a tremendous gift that we human beings give to one another. Um, so I'm going to be evaluating these opportunities against that. How much closer does that get me to that? Like if someone said to me, you know, we've got a great opportunity for you. There's a, uh, an all-day sucker that we want you to be, uh, we want you to tour around to schools and give a speech about why kids should, should eat this all-day sucker. It's 99% sugar, uh, but we will pay you $300,000 a year. And I'd have to evaluate that. <laughs> and I could tell you, I wouldn't be too excited about it because uh, that's kind of ghastly. And it has nothing really to do with what, I, what I'm about. It'd be a good living, be a good year. You'd go, whoa, that was the year we got our patio done, you know, or that was the year we got the copper repipe. Or that was the year that I caused, you know, half a million children to have diabetes. <laughs> that would not be so happy. So... You know, you have to evaluate against, well, what does this mean to me, my overall, my long, the long game, the legacy, as Gary Vee talks about, he talks about legacy. You know, what am I leaving behind? What am I contributing to the culture rather than how much money do they pay me? Because money is a terrible motivator. Uh, it's, it's, it's a false motivation. Uh, if you only do things for the money, you know this from your own experience, you usually get burned. It isn't about that. It never was about that. It's not about the stuff. It's about the relationships with other people and how much value are you bringing? How, how good a friend are you to the other people on this planet? So that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. I'm probably actually going to sit down with a pencil and paper and make two columns, plus, minus, and figure out vis-a-vis -vis these opportunities, how much of these are positive in the direction of, you know, leading me towards what I'd like to be remembered for and what I'd like to do with my time to bring about the goal of my own altruistic goals of how, how I want to impact and interact with uh, humanity, as it were, um, in, in whatever way that I do. So I think if more people did that, We'd have a nicer, we'd have a nicer planet. There seem to be people that are running opposite to that. And I know, you know, sometimes you get scared and you go, well, I, I have these bills to pay or, I, I, you know, I've got, this is my last chance to do this and I've never done this before. And that's all fine, but you got to evaluate it. You got to just kind of pick it up and look at it from that angle. Anyway, so it's, it's a pretty exciting time. I'd rather have that problem <laughs> than there's nothing happening and, you know, nobody's calling and there's no offers and you have to start from scratch again. Now, that's what the fallow period was about. And now we're in the little bit, little bit the um, harvest period, or hopefully what will be a harvest of at least work and stuff. I also um, had a lot of uh, fun narrating an audiobook recently I wanted to tell you about. It's called RFK in His Own Words. I believe that's the title, about Robert F. Kennedy. And I got hired to do the Robert F. Kennedy speeches in the book, of which there were many. It took about, I think I recorded about seven hours of speeches. Robert F. Kennedy. Wow. You know, I, I was alive when he was running for president. I was in elementary school when he was shot, assassinated. And um, you know, so I, I had a vague recollection. 
and but I never really dipped into that uh, that world of his. And uh, boy, it's exhilarating and tragic, and maybe that's why more people don't know about him. Uh, what a great figure! What great words! What great ideas! I mean, he's a politician, but at the end of the day, those concepts that he was talking about, um, boy, you, you, you listen to those speeches and. What's wrong with the country in 1967? Still wrong with the country, only now a little worse. It would have been really a whole different United States had he not been assassinated and had Nixon not been elected. And God, so much would have changed. Anyway, I recommend it to you. I'm sure it'll be out very, very soon. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy, in his own words, uh, wonderful text and uh, um, just a terrific project and an honor, actually, to be able to do it. They wanted me to do it like Robert Kennedy and so... Having not studied too much on Robert Kennedy, but more on his brother, John, I was less familiar with his cadence, but I did do quite a bit of research about him, and there's a lot of uh, Robert F. Kennedy on YouTube, so I did uh, try to bring to bear everything that I was learning, and hopefully it won't be too offensive to people who actually knew and revered Robert F. Kennedy. So let's see. Oh, I want to tell you one more thing. Thanks for listening. You're so kind. You're so kind to listen to this. It's not very funny, I know, but uh, hopefully hopefully there's some inspiration there. And if you don't get inspiration from this and you don't hop over and listen to Gary Vee, which I recommend strongly, then pick up my mother's book, Marion Ross, My Days, Happy and Otherwise, is being released on March 24th of 2018. It's her autobiography, her story of how she started off as a little girl with big dreams in Minnesota and became the iconic... Mrs. C., Mrs. Cunningham of Happy Days. It's a great story, a wonderful book, a wonderful read, and very inspiring. So if you know an aspiring actress or a little girl or a little boy who wants to be an actor, uh, pick up a copy. Also, there'll be an audio book as well. I, I recorded my chapter where, where I was interviewed, and uh, that, was, that was cool. Henry Winkler is also on it. Ron Howard uh, wrote the uh, foreword, so that's great. Uh, it was nice of him to do and also recorded it as well. So that'll be part of the audiobook experience. Uh, so it's very exciting. A lot of stuff happening. Uh, let's just go over it again. March 1st, Impress Me on Amazon Prime. March 24th, just three weeks later, Marion Ross's book, My Days Happy and Otherwise. Well, that's a lot to talk about. I hope whatever you're doing, you uh, are feeling fulfilled. Uh, if things are fallow for you and slow for you, then, uh, you know, you can pick it up a lot just by promoting, by letting your, your thoughts be known. Uh, write down something you really believe in or through social media, you know, put out quotes of other people that you admire. Let people know what your, what your brand is. And your brand is really just your viewpoint or your, uh, your reputation, as Gary Vee says. Gosh, I'm pimping Gary Vee a lot, but I really like him. I think he's really on the ball. And it was fun to meet him. If you want to see the video of, of us meeting and the sweet things that he said to me about my videos, go to my YouTube channel. You'll see him. I, I put him up there. I could not uh, withhold that, that video. It's just, it's just too cool. Okay, listen, thanks a lot for listening. I'll try to get back to you real soon. And have a great week. <laughs>